Welcome to the Souls and Stardust podcast. I'm Mio. And I'm Shannon. We're two soul sisters navigating through our human experience on a journey towards healing. Join us for a candid and fun discussion on all things spiritual, soulful, intuitive, and magical. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Souls and Stardust. Today, we're going to be talking about empaths and HSP, which is actually highly sensitive people. But before we get into that, uh, Shannon and I wanted to talk about some of the reviews and feedback that we're getting on the podcast so far. So far. Um, we got a couple on our iTunes saying that it's the best podcast ever, so we really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but what's really touching is that um, getting text messages from people and direct mm-hmm. messages from people um, with and emails with multiple paragraphs of how it's affecting them and not just the synchronicities because that's kind of the cool stuff that's happening where people are like oh I'm as I'm listening like like right now it's 1144 as yep. we hit record <laughs> but then people are going oh my god as I'm listening to it too like I'm I just saw 44 here and 44 there whatever um but so I just want to read some feedback so I said, uh, okay, I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but Shannon is telling her story and it's speaking to my soul. Her teaching and being exhausting and all of that. I'm like, being like a scientist background, that's how I like to think too. I fully believe in you and your gifts, but and I've never doubted you. Uh, but I've also had that logically driven mind, which holds me back intuitively. But I love this podcast. OMG. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Did you have yeah. any more? Yeah, I have one more that I wanted to share, and then I'll let you um, mm-hmm. share some of the ones that you got. So, hi, Mio. Just finished episode one of your podcast, and it's very interesting. I've had intuitions myself when they've been happening more and more intensely and frequently. I've also suspected I've been an empath for a while now. I've been really struggling with my mental health lately and doing a lot of Uh, mental health awareness for first responders, as well as being in therapy for several months. Um, And this is the part that I, that stuck out to me the most, which actually kickstarted why we wanted to tackle this episode next. Uh, The best way I could describe it is I'm like John uh, from the Green Mile, where I'm absorbing everyone's negative energy and no outlet or room for positive energy. Um, So I'll, I'll leave it at that, but Mm -hmm. that's, is exactly why we wanted to tackle today's topic as well. Yeah, that um, was. But oh. you got some emails that I were did. really good that had me yep. almost in tears. <laughs> I know, right? I've been yeah. getting messages, um, people sliding into my DMs on Instagram, and then also sending messages just how much they appreciate the fact that we're two friends just sitting and having a conversation about these topics that you're not gonna like have on the street with just the normal Mm -hmm. Joe Schmo, right? Because it's a very vulnerable conversation that we're having. Um, A good friend of mine who I've known her for a number of years now, probably three years now, um, she had said with this last episode, I know for years you have been telling me about what you think is going on in my body and I totally got it all of this time. I got it and understood it, but was trapped in this health, what the hell is happening thing. Then I heard Mio start talking and holy fuck, I was struck with someone saying exactly what I've been trying to say for two years, five years, probably, if I'm being honest. Her talking about her awakening hit my soul. 
And she went on for another several paragraphs about how she was just by listening, she was able to connect all of these dots together finally, like that was the catalyst and be able to move forward in her journey toward uh, healing, like physical mm -hmm. healing and emotional healing. So that was really profound to be able to read that and then to share it with Mio, which was so nice. Um, was, yeah. Yeah. And I, another person who sent me a quick message on Instagram had said about one episode in particular, I think it was the, um, you're not crazy. It's your spiritual awakening episode. She said, this is so good. I just finished it last night and explained so much for me. And, um, this person in particular had been asking me questions over the last couple of months about intuition and how do you know this? And how do you work through that? And so she was really excited that, that we were going to be putting out episodes anyway, but to have her like respond and say how much it's helping her understand um, her own life. That's really meaningful to, to both of us. And, totally. and it's actually, yeah, it's what, I, it's what I signed up to do, right? Like I knew I wanted to help people and this is going to be one way I was going to help people. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's very, it's very uh, fulfilling and rewarding to hear that people are resonating and that mm -hmm. they finally, even just reaching out to us, that they feel like we're a safe place and safe people mm -hmm. that they can talk to because you can't just have these conversations with regular people who have no idea what you're going through or they think you're, they think you're too sensitive and that you just need to toughen up and you need to just do this and you need to just <sighs> think positive. And it's like, yep. okay, no, I'm physically feeling these things. I'm physically like, I'm experiencing yep. this. Mm -hmm. So we are here. Yay. Yes. To have this conversation and um, keep in mind too, that when we talk about empaths and highly sensitive people, this is the tip of the iceberg, right? So this is meant to be an introduction and we will, throughout our conversation, direct you to places that you can go for more information or yes. to dive deeper. And um, chances are we both have some pretty incredible stories about being empaths or highly sensitive that will help you understand the way that it can manifest in your personal life too. Um, let's, oh, well, and we just really want to say thank you to all of you who are listening. And if this resonates with you and you think it's going to help other people, please like pass, pass this podcast along to those you think will be helped by it. We would appreciate that. And the more people who become aware and can awaken to themselves, the better. Yes, ma'am. Yes, um, ma'am. My, so spirit is already here. And spirit has already been present. Um, my headset is going crazy, as well as when we tried <laughs> to go live first, it thought there was a third person on our call. So <laughs> it's like, I just feel the energy of like, spirit has something to say. So yeah, my body is actually vibrating. And, and that's a very good sign that like, we're really in flow. It's also Mercury retrograde. So, and it's Halloween. Yay. Yay. All kinds of incredible, <laughs> like shit going astrological on, huh? and yeah, all kinds of crazy mystic stuff going on. Um, okay. So let's start out with first defining, um, because I'm trained as a scientist and I feel like I have to define terms. Um, but what is empathy? So we want to talk about what an empath is and what a highly sensitive person is, but we first got to define what empathy is. Um, and that is really the capacity to understand or to be able to feel what another person is experiencing from within their frame of reference. So it's really, it's putting yourself in their shoes, in their situation and trying to really imagine what it would be like to be them 
in their body, in their situation and feeling what they're feeling. Um, it's, it's really about connecting with somebody and having empathy, having strong feelings in conjunction with them for what they're going through. And then, so an empath is someone who is highly aware of those types of emotions that people have around them. So to the point that those feelings are felt within themselves as their emotions. So that might've been kind of a confusing statement, but whatever somebody near you is feeling, an empath would be feeling those feelings potentially not sure if they were their own feelings or if they belong to someone else. So that's the tricky part about being an empath is if before you know what's going on, you feel all sorts of shit, right? From everything around you and you don't know what's going on. You can feel very scattered and confused. You can feel overwhelmed. Um, A lot of people just really want to seclude themselves, pull away because it's quieter. They don't feel as much that way. Mm -hmm. But an empath is just highly sensitive to and highly aware of what others around them are feeling. And that is not just emotions. It's also pain points. It can be physical pain or illness. So it's being very tuned in to the, the body, uh, the physical body, being tuned into the emotional body. And um, an empath can also be very good at sensing someone's intentions or where they're coming from. So that's super fun, right? And, um, and can be a little bit creepy at times too, right? Because you, <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell. You can just tell. And we touched on that a little bit the last episode. Like you can yeah. tell when somebody's creepy, right? Because you can sense where their energy is coming from and what their intentions are. Um, So that's what being an empath is. And then I just want to define what a highly sensitive person is because an empath and an HSP, they're not necessarily the same thing. Although an empath is most likely a highly sensitive person too. So an HSP is somebody um, who feels more deeply than others. Um, They can be also easily overwhelmed by external stimuli, right? And internal stimuli. So yeah, right? This can be um, crowded spaces or really hectic, busy environments. Um, The noise. It can can be sights, sounds. um, It could be the emotions of others, of course. And it can also be like an HSP person will be very in their thoughts, like processing, processing, over-processing, right? And that that can be um, a pretty substantial stimulus as well. Like laying in your bed, thinking about that one sentence you said five years ago to oh that my one God. person. <laughs> and you're still like dissecting it and feeling horrible about how it all went down, right? And I can feel <laughs> the embarrassment all over again. Yeah, all of the emotions. So that is actually a sign of being a highly sensitive person. You take these thoughts and you dissect them layer by layer by layer, even like very simple information, somebody's name, somebody's birth date, somebody's address, right? We we dissect these different layers and create metaphors and it spurs our creativity and we get all distracted by that kind of stuff and then we're exhausted, right? So um, an HSP will be sensitive to emotion, um, mental responses, 
um, environmental stimuli, and that can all work together to be very overwhelming if they don't know how to manage it. Mm -hmm. And um, we just, as an as a highly sensitive person, you know, everybody's sensitive, right? They all have we all have sensitivities, but somebody who's an HSP, it's like to the max, right? Like one thousand fold, you know. Like I can greater. hear if someone leaves the fan on in a bathroom, like yeah, you yeah you somewhere can hear it. <laughs> across the house or across the building, and it will drive me absolutely insane because I'm like somebody mm -hmm. someone left a fan on. <laughs> yep. Turn it yeah. off. <laughs> yep. And um, and a lot of times people who are HSPs have grown up hearing things like you're too sensitive mm -hmm. or you need to toughen up or um, you, what's the other thing that's, um, oh, you feel too much. You'll, you learn too to, much. you'll learn to zone it out as a mom. Yes like hearing the noise level of the kids and the, the TV and the electronics, um, even if they have a toy that's going off and nobody's mm -hmm. playing with it, that is like the one thing where I'm like, turn it off. I can't, I'm going to throw it out the window. Like I can't, <laughs> um, I'm, I am and people are like, you. you'll learn to, you'll learn to zone it out. And I'm like, no, I am the same way with my kids. Like the TV will be too loud or they'll be yelling and screaming. And I, I physically have to get up and move to a room across the house to, to like decompress from that. And my husband yep. is always like, just tune it out. Can't you just tune it out? And I'm like, it's, I can't, it's not just a hearing thing. It's like, it presses on my body yeah. in a certain way. And it's like, it's very constricting to me. And he just, he's very intuitive person himself, but he's not a highly sensitive person that way. Um, like oh, those, no. his... I can't even like, like going to the strip because I live in Vegas. And so mm -hmm. I, unlike normal locals that stay away from the strip, I actually go there and go to, you know, watch shows and eat dinner and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But while I'm there, I have a shelf life. Um, I can show like Mio's only... gonna expire. <laughs> no, that's literally what it feels like. It feels like I, there's a countdown as soon as I leave the house where I'm like, okay, how's traffic? How's the noise going there? Once I actually get there, is mm -hmm. it if it's not something that is in alignment where I'm like, can be fully submerged, submerged, mm -hmm. submerged, submerged, into... yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a weird word, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so if I, it's not like, if I'm going to go watch a concert or something, I've even left concerts early before the headliner got there because I couldn't take the amount of, of people surrounding me. I made it through like the first two people, but the, they pa kept packing more and more people in there. Mm -hmm. And before the headliner came out, I was like, I need to go. I'm done. Like, that's it. And even just last, you know, my cousin was in town. I think I was telling you, like, yeah. she came in and you know, went to the strip, go out to dinner, go grab something to eat, whatever. And it's not like we were doing anything uh, crazy or like, mm -hmm. it was just like, all right, I'm spent. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I've had my fill of people. Like I'm, Yep. <laughs> I need to go home and get into my pajamas and decompress and debrief yep. myself and Absolutely. wash it all away. <laughs> you're like, you're like textbook, highly sensitive person. And you, I've I kicked people out of my house on Thanksgiving <laughs> at 9 PM and was like, everybody get the fuck out. I need to, everybody needs to go it's home. It's time. It's time to leave. Y'all ain't gotta go quiet. home, but you gotta get out of here. Cause I've had enough human interaction for today. 
<laughs> oh, that's hysterical. And it's interesting because um, you, know, you talk to people and they, and there are a lot of people who just, they don't believe this is a thing. And um, there's actually some really fantastic research in the field of psychology now and neuroscience that are trying to identify what it is that makes somebody so much more sensitive. And apparently 15 to 20% of the population has a specific gene that makes them more sensitive or highly sensitive. And then one of the tests that you do, yeah, so they've been able to figure out like that it's part of your DNA, right? That makes you more sensitive. You have something turned on and it's like at a higher volume than um, some other people. And there's oh, a certain cool. test um, that they do. It's called a, um, a sensory processing sensitivity test, where you are exposed to a lot of other, th- like a lot of ver- various things, right? Different stimuli and how you react to them and how you measure yourself against their metrics helps them to determine whether or not you are um, you have sensory processing sensitivity, which is one of the benchmarks for being a highly sensitive person. And the beauty of that is like people who process, who are so sensitive at this level, they also are processing their experiences much more deeply, Uh you know, their feelings, their thoughts, their, you know, anything that that stimulates them, they're actually taking it in and processing it. Um, These people, HSPs tend to be more empathic, obviously, artistically creative, intuitive, hello, right? Um, highly aware of what other people need. So a lot of times yeah. highly sensitive people will be uh, therapists, counselors, artists, musicians, writers, even psychic. As a mom, <laughs> right. Even as a mom, um, being aware of my kids' needs and not just knowing that they are different personalities. Mm-hmm. But for example, I'm thinking like when Ezra has a meltdown, he doesn't, he needs everything to stop and he needs snuggles. Like he yep. needs to be held while his nervous system calms down yeah. versus the threat of, you know, whatever. I'll take or, this away or. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then, and then that turns into adults who have nervous system issues and then they need a hug <laughs> or they need they, whatever they need to go and isolate themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is that, that will bring them back to being grounded again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so interesting because both of us are HSPs, but we're also very empathic. And it yeah. was really, it was really fun to like pull together the list of signs and characteristics of these, because I was checking, like, as I was putting the list together, I was like, holy shit. Totally. I didn't think, and- like, I didn't think I was that sensitive, but now I'm looking at yeah. this list and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm pretty sensitive. <laughs> HSP researching HSP a few years ago is what kickstarted finding out that I was empathic or that I Mm -hmm. was intuitive because I was couldn't figure out and I think it was the very first episode we talked about it like why Mm -hmm. certain people's energy affected me certain ways but then like I remember you know I used to work at a I used to work at AAA and uh, they in insurance so I was in a cubicle in the back for the longest time where it was a lot quieter I had my own spot um I can hear I could like focus on what I was doing but then as soon as they brought in some more people they moved me to the front of the office where the acoustics for this place all of a sudden 
the radio was like 10 times too loud. Mm -hmm. The fluorescent lights, uh, I can recall multiple instances where fluorescent lights, I'm just like, I can't, it's just, it's so bright. Fluorescent lights really do it for me where I'm just like, oh my God, I just, I need, I just, I need, even when I'm in the car, I put the shade down and my sunglasses to get as much shade as possible because the noise, the light, and then the people, because now when I was in the front of the office, now people would line up to go to the DMV uh, that was inside the building and they would stand and hover around my desk. Dang, so you were like, Pushing back was, everybody's energy. I was pushing everybody back, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. I would get in my car, and I'm like, radio off. I've had too much. Like, why am I 10 times more exhausted now that I moved to the front of the mm-hmm. office? And it was just like, oh, well, no wonder why. Like, look at how bright it is. Look mm-hmm. how loud it is. Look how many more people are crossing my path on a daily basis and stopping, yep. stopping me to ask me stupid questions to interrupt me, and you already know how much a Taurus hates being interrupted, like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just that combination. I was getting in the car and just like, <gasps> yeah. So you need your so. sigh of relief, right? Breathing down yourself, like, off of that ledge. Totally. Um, yeah, so basically what you're saying is when you're highly sensitive, um, which can include Everything. being emp- empathic, right? The the biggest issue is how do you deal with it? Like, cause you become overwhelmed, you become exhausted, you, you get burnt out quite easily, depending on what's stimulating you. You can also have a really, really, really big issue of absorbing all of the stuff around you and not releasing it from your body. So yeah. Why- and how many people think that they're suffering from anxiety without pinpointing well, the cause of it, right? Yes, when it's like, look exactly. at the stuff that's making you anxious subconsciously, but you're not even realizing because you're sitting in the same, you're sitting in the same office every day that you go to nothing else has changed, but then Mm -hmm. you're like, why do I feel different? Why do I feel anxious or your thoughts trying to catch up or whatever? Yep. I also think about things like not just anxiety, but like depression, um, the having symptoms of depression, you know, over the long period, this is like, this is overstimulation, exhaustion, burnout over the long period, like depression could yep. actually be, you know, in some, in some cases or many cases. Yeah. Yep. Or yeah. Like this contributes to those feelings of depression because you are so sensitive. Anything that's going to throw you out of balance or out of mm-hmm. whack. Like if you're, if your baseline level is total chill, calm, relax, anything mm-hmm. that's going to put you above or below that, you have to figure out like what's, what, what is it around me that's stimulating me? Mm-hmm. Is it, I can't put my phone down and I'm, I'm obsessively checking things. Is it mm-hmm. like, I don't get any quiet time to myself. Do you know, am I not grounding? Am I not doing these things? So, yeah. so this is fascinating that this is, Oh God. So spirit's amazing, right? Cause we asked for the words to come through and we're getting all the perfect words. Yes. Yeah. Um, we wanted to be able to convey to you, the listeners, you know, what is it, like, what are the checklists for, for being this kind of person, an empath or an HSP? And then how do you actually manage this? Like the, cause that's the most important part. It's a real gift. It's a Mm -hmm. gift to be this sensitive. There's so much, yeah, so much information, so many layers of insight that are available to you, including like 
you know, compassion, right? Like being an empath is a gift because you get to feel so much and have, you know, amplified compassion for people around you. Yeah. Um, But when we don't know how to manage this energy, it can make us sick. So, you know, we'll go through the checklist and then we'll talk about the ways that you can actually um, feel better about being an empath, like managing your energy better. So, and yeah, we, we both can't have just lock ourselves in our room every no. day. And you don't want to be a victim to this, like yeah. this sensitivity, because that just perpetuates this whole feeling or your reality of like, this is awful or I'm, you know, I'm miserable. And that doesn't, it doesn't have to be the case at all. Like I love my sensitivity. Sometimes it's not so awesome, but I love that I get to feel other people to the, mm-hmm. to the level that I do. Cause then it I can, me- I can literally tell them, Oh, this is what's wrong with you. Or this mm-hmm. is what I'm feeling. And they're like, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even yep. notice or realize it. healing. Yeah. Incredibly. Okay. Yep. So let's go down this list and then here we go. Yep. Keep chatting. Sorry. So I'm going to do a list of the signs of an HSP first, and then we'll go through the signs of an empath. And some of these will actually overlap a little bit and um, it will be obvious to you. Um, And then Mio, wherever you have a story about something being really resonant, just seriously chime in. Um, So signs of a highly sensitive person, you have a real problem with violence and cruelty of any kind. Like it'll make you very upset or even Mm -hmm. physically ill. And that's me. I cannot, I cannot watch uh, movies. I can't watch war movies. I can't watch movies where anybody's being attacked, hurt, um, Mm -hmm. like spoken to in certain ways. It makes me feel very agitated and uncomfortable. And I like, I have, I cannot do it. I can't do it. I can, I can watch movies, but if it's real life stuff, if I, if I'm in public and I see two people getting into an argument, a heated Mm -hmm. argument that could lead to a fight or something Mm -hmm. uh, that makes me physically ill and I start panicking, like I need to get out. But I also think that has to do with past trauma of being like in a drive-by shooting (laughs) where it's like, I can see like a PTSD coupled with the sensitivity is like, no, I know Mm -hmm. how this can end. Don't like, I don't need to be near this or whatever. So. Yeah. I also noticed with certain, I can't read certain genres of books anymore either. So um, like Pope, no more trashy romance. <laughs> no, no, like, like I was thinking, like I read um, the Hunger Games trilogy. This was probably like eight years ago already, and when I finished it, it stuck with me so strongly. Like I was dreaming about it, and I, I just felt really off. And um, I realized, like, I can't, like, just the energy of that story. It's a great story, right? A lot of people yeah. loved it. But the energy of that story really stuck with me and I had a hard time shaking it. So I have to like, I have to avoid that kind of information and entertainment now as being a sensitive person. Freaking news. I can't even watch it. I can't watch the news. Nope. We don't watch it. My husband watches it, but I don't watch it anymore either. I figured if something really big is happening, like I'll hear about it, but it's, um, the energy of the news is really hard on me too. Um, So another sign is being frequently exhausted, especially emotionally exhausted from absorbing other people's feelings and um, not knowing like 
not knowing where your feelings start and end and where another person's starts, right? So we can talk more about that toward the end and how to actually okay. identify that. I'm like, otherwise we're never going to get through the checklist. I want to, I want to add we so will. much to each of these. <laughs> I know, right? That's because we're just, we got okay. so much to say. Okay. Um, oh. Time pressure for somebody who's really sensitive, time pressure really fucks with you, right? So like, that's me. I get kind of, I get pretty rattled when I've got to get somewhere like, and I'm always oh, yeah. late too. <laughs> I'm inevitably like five to seven minutes late. Right. But, um, time pressure, uh, time pressure really, really bothers me. Um, it causes me anxiety. Like, I guess it's like poor performance or, a, a, and I, this is me too. Like I have a million things on my to-do list and there's just never enough fucking time to get them done. Oh and that's God. just, that's like, that bugs the shit out of me. Another sign is um, having to withdraw often, whether or not you're an actual introvert, but, you, but you've identified that you need a lot of downtime or alone time or quiet time in order to feel sane or to recharge. And yep. that's definitely me. I have to like sequester myself in a room for half a day away from my family just to like get my feet under me again. Um, okay. something that's really funny and it made me laugh when I was putting this list together, uh, you startle easily or you're a jumpy, right? So even in safe situations, somebody can like walk up behind you and say something and just scare the shit out yeah. of you. Cause what's happening there is for an HSP, your nervous system is already dialed way up, right? Yeah. Cause you're like sensitive to stimuli <sighs> all around so you. <laughs> yeah. Right. When like, I saw oh, that, that, I was this, like, oh, this makes sense yeah. why I can gasp. <laughs> And like sucking all the oxygen in the room when something happens. Like, <gasps> exactly. Like, it's okay. and it's, it happens to me all the time. And people it's actually so think it's pretty funny because it's like, how did you not hear me coming? I'm like, well, I don't know, but you still scared yeah, me. I was in my thoughts. I was in my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, another sign is just thinking about everything really deeply. So lots of self-reflection, lots of deep pondering of like the secrets of the universe type of shit right and and then a lot of overthinking so like going over your day going over your own experiences over and over and over again and the problem here is we can be really prone to negative overthinking that really gets us into that spiral and then mm -hmm. we then we really need the alone time to just kind of like chill um you're a seeker, right? So you look for answers to really big philosophical questions, or you're looking to learn these big lessons. So what is life? Like, what am I doing oh, here? Yep. There's a lot of There's like, what's be my... more than this. There's mm -hmm. gotta be more than yep. this. What's my purpose? Why are things the way they are? And what is my role in it? So tell me the secrets of the universe spirit. I'm listening. So um, that's somebody, you know, who's highly sensitive because you can feel so much and you're thinking about all of this already, you want the answers to it. Um, this one's kind of funny. Your clothing matters. So mm. anything that is scratchy or restrictive. Oh, restrictive. Could, mm -hmm, could yeah, potentially really bother you. And this bra has to go. <laughs> yeah. So my son, my, my older socks son. socks if they're too tight. <laughs> yes. So my son for the long, I don't have this problem with like fabrics. Like that doesn't bother me. Um, but my son, who's eight and a half, like for, I swear, two years straight, like 
we had to go buy all these different brands of socks because every time he'd put mm-hmm. one brand on, he'd be like on the floor, rolling around in tears, <laughs> screaming because they don't feel good. And I just was like, and he's wow. a water baby, right? No, he's an Aries. Oh, okay. I think it's the <laughs> yes. other one, right? You have a- well, they're both Aries, but um, one one is very close, like to the cusp of Pisces. And I actually have to do their charts again because I can't remember what their moon and rising signs are. But I suspect that they have a lot of water in their charts. Um, so yeah, for him, clothing That's is funny. like he like I don't like how this feels, mom. You know, and so we go through oh my gosh, so much stuff. <laughs> Getting the right outfit that feels good, and so yeah, just- Zania was always big about the tags. This tag, mm-hmm. this tag oh, is yeah. bothering me. This is bothering yep. me. This, and it's like, how did you even feel that? Yeah, <laughs> like one yep. little, I, yeah, I can feel like if it's like one little piece of hair, I'm just like, yes, I feel me too. it. I feel it stuck in yep. my eyelash. <laughs> yes, and then it bugs you, right? You got to yeah. get it. I'm, I'm that way about those subtle feelings, but like, I've never, never had the restriction or the scratchy clothes like obsession. So, um, but other people may. Another sign is that your pain tolerance is less, right? So you're, yeah. you feel your headaches more, you feel your body aches more, you feel your injuries. And um, for me, what, what about the opposite? Like you also feel your pleasures more. <laughs> I know. I mean, like it could be that, like everything's amplified, right? If you think Maybe. about your nervous system, your body, like, I can't remember what like if you're to take all the nerves in your body and like stretch them out, they can go around the entire earth like two times or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. My six and a half year old told me that the other day. I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing (laughs) on so many levels that you're telling me this. But um, so like your nervous system, like your body is just full of, you know, nerves that are giving you information all the time. So it makes sense that somebody who's highly sensitive, whose nervous system is jacked up all the way anyway, mm-hmm. you would feel your pain more. Um, I, I tend to be okay in this way. Like I'm very aware of like body aches and pains, but it doesn't like cripple me. I just know that I have to listen to my body then and, um, and decide what I need to do about it. Um, let's see. Oh, as a young person, a highly sensitive person would have like an inner world that's very alive and present. So imaginary friends, playing a lot of fantasy games, daydreaming, like we think they're not paying attention or they have attention deficit deficit disorder. Turns out they're just really sensitive and tuned in like to their inner world, which is not a bad thing. Um, and actually developmental psychology is like now understanding, like, this isn't a bad thing. It's like, we don't need to put them on drugs all the time in order to get them to pay attention. Right. Yeah. Um, as an adult, this inner world is really, could be like really vivid dreaming, um, and imagination in terms of creativity. So there's that. Uh, change can be very upsetting to you. So being out of routines that create comfort for you or that might limit your overstimulation, like when you change out of that routine, all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, what am I going to encounter now that's going to yeah. <laughs> send me over the edge? Yeah, um, I get flustered very easy, easily yeah. when there's a shift that yeah. is like, yeah. I feel yep, that. totally. Um Let's see. Sometimes you're just misunderstood as somebody who is 
highly sensitive, like people will label you as shy or anxious or quiet or introverted when in reality, it's just you like understanding that you need to pull back and uh, invest your energy wisely or protect your energy wisely, I guess. Um, Mio, you're going to love this next one. You get hangry easily. Oh God, that is, that's (laughs) definitely, definitely me. I know, right? So I was reading this list to my husband and he's just like, wow, that's not you. That's not you at all. And I just, of course, he's being sarcastic, right? (laughs) I mean, it's because um, the extra sensitivity, it can trigger changes in your blood sugar levels, right? And it can also mean that you're more susceptible to feeling those blood sugar changes. So it's like the two sides of the coin thing going on. Yeah. And you get hangry and it's, that's stressful and that's totally me too. I get it. Um, you're very sensitive to stimulants and also the other way around. So like caffeine can make you really jittery, just a little bit of it, or, um, on the other side of that alcohol or other drugs can really, you can feel the effects much faster. And I know we talked before about alcohol and me, like it has, it does not take me very long to feel drunk, like one drink. And it's like, wow, you gave me 10 beers, right? Right. Right. You must've given me 10 beers. No. In fact, you only had like, did I get roofied? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and so you're not laughing at that. I'm just laughing at like how it feels when you're like, it really hits you much harder. And, um, so I realized like, I have to just use less of that. And most recently, like alcohol just does not agree with my system anymore. So I have to step back from that completely now. Um, But you just have more sensitivity to downers and uppers. Totally. So another thing that highly sensitive people feel, we mentioned this already, but I wanted to add to, to this point, you feel conflict very deeply. And Mio talked about being very uncomfortable when she sees people, situations where people may get into a fight or there's heatedness going on. Um, A lot of times, because highly sensitive people feel conflict this way and it makes them uncomfortable, we tend to be conflict avoidant, which is not necessarily a very positive thing for our own lives when we are trying to navigate relationships or uh, create boundaries for ourselves in career, Um, parenthood, friendships, all of that stuff. So that's an important point to consider. Um, It, you don't want to avoid conflict. You want to learn how to manage conflict in a very positive, gentle way. Another sign is um, criticism. Man, it feels super harsh to people who are highly sensitive, like positive words lift us up and amplify our energy and any criticism or negative words or judgment is like getting a knife through the heart. Mm-hmm. And man, I struggled with this. I still do. Like I struggled with this as a young person. And like, I was a teacher at the university level for oh, pretty close to a decade. And every semester, freaking A, man, every semester we'd have to do teacher reviews, right? Oh, shit. And I would, I'd have to drink like half a bottle of wine before I could get like, <laughs> open my review packet and see how I was scored out. I would get like 99 positive reviews in one review from somebody would say like, I was awful, didn't know what I was doing and this or that. And it would just, yeah, it would devastate me. And yeah. So just like, like, and I, 
Yeah, in- even knowing like where I would fuck up on something and like mm-hmm. whether it's drop the ball or whether I was like looking back, especially in my career, there were times where I was going through like really stressful, like we talk about postpartum and where my mm-hmm. head was at and how bad I was dealing with things. Like in amongst that turmoil, there was some other stuff where like I dropped the ball uh, work-wise um, and it wasn't something that I did wrong. It was like a malfunction that, uh, like memory card malfunction. And it was like mm-hmm. the first time that had ever happened to me in like five or six years, but I took it because I felt so bad and awful about it. And it was like, mm-hmm. I was sick for days over Ugh. it and just it's replaying and beating myself up. Mm-hmm. And like, why did I order that? Why did I try to like, you know, you try to go back and it's like, it's, you know, it's done. It's done. Like, mm-hmm. I hear you. I, that it's hard when you get stuck in that loop of how could I have done this differently? Or I should have, could have, would have, but really like you can't do anything about that, but move forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So one last thing that I wanted to mention about HSPs is that you know, we're often seen as, well, we are very perceptive and mm-hmm. in that seeing and sensing things that others tend to overlook mm-hmm. um, and often described as wise beyond your years and um, bringing more compassion and understanding to the world. So you just like, you move through life differently with more depth of feeling or more depth of understanding and just seeing the world differently. Um, so that is another characteristic of highly sensitive people. You notice mm-hmm. um, the beauty that's in everything. So in music and um, nature and artwork and people even. Like I find myself looking at people at times mm-hmm. and I think, God, that person. Yeah, and beautiful, it's beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, not even physically, but it's yeah, just, not like, just you aesthetics. Have a beautiful soul. Yes. Yes, like the energy uh, or the, the way like, you carry I really yourself. Like your energy. Like you feel mm-hmm. really good to be around. That is the best compliment, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I love it. When people, I love, I love it when, when people, people are like, that. I feel so much better after I talk to you. I'm like, good. That's that's an intention Amen. that I actually set out is that when people are done talking to me, I mm-hmm. want them to feel loved or some yeah. sense of healed, healing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I want people to leave after an interaction with me, I want people to just like feel good. Mm -hmm. I had a client yesterday. I see her every couple of months or so every three months. Um, And so she came for some Reiki energy rebalancing and um, she's this very sweet woman moving through deep grief. And um, she said to me at the end of the session, I really enjoy, cause I do on my metamorphosis healing Facebook page, I do like daily card draws for the energy. And I've been doing video posts lately because it's just faster and easier. Yeah. And she said, I really love when you do the video posts because I feel like I get to see you and I get to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're speaking directly to me. And she said to me, it's like, I get to be healed by you every day. Oh, that's by, awesome. Yeah. Seeing you and hearing your voice. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's, oh my gosh. Right. Like, that's, but I swear that's like some of the feedback that I've gotten, even just about our podcast so far, not just, oh, you know, you two sound like just a couple girlfriends chit chatting and having conversation, but people are saying like, uh, I love Shannon's voice. 
are so soothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, what a nice compliment. So, <laughs> like, read me a bedtime story, Shannon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> right? create meditation. Just, just talk to me until I can sleep. Yeah, hey, it's not a bad idea. Well, and it just goes back to like you and I meeting, and you know, you and I starting to like do the creative thing, and really figuring out like we everything was pointing toward us doing this, like just yeah. recording yeah. our conversations and, and then allowing other people to listen to it because they're going to get something out of it. So like, I totally trust the universe 100% and we can have a whole episode about what that means to, to be in that place of surrender. But yeah, so I love doing this and I like, yes, we appreciate the beauty. We appreciate the Absolutely. beauty in someone's energy. All right. So some signs of what an empath is, and this is all, all right. about feeling. And again, like, tell me your examples if you have any. Now, I got you. But, I got you. Um, empaths tend to take on other people's emotions as their own. And like I said before, sometimes to the point of not knowing what's their own and what belongs to somebody else. And that's like the critical point where people get really bogged down and exhausted. Um, but what's going on there scientifically is what they're theorizing is that, um, cause it's not really known how or why this works, but the theory is, is that empaths have very active mirror neurons in their brains or their, you know, their nervous system and that's the part of the brain that reads emotional cues from other people. Oh. So it allows empaths to pick up on these very subtle cues uh, in expression, body language, voice tone, all of this stuff. And we take that information in. Yes. Yes. And, and it gets in, like decoded in our bodies as our own lived experience through feeling. So we're able to take that information, take it in as a piece of information. Problem is, if you don't know what the fuck's going on, that think it's yours. You think it's yours and it'll be overwhelming, draining, exhausting, confusing. Um, so when I do a mediumship reading, which is when I can connect to people's loved ones who have transitioned to death they've lost their body but their consciousness and their feelings and their emotions and their memories are all still very much alive mm -hmm. so as an empath what this looks like for me is when I meditate you're I'm clearing out my whiteboard basically I'm clearing out my emotional space and saying move my emotions thoughts and feelings out of the way because then when this person's consciousness mm -hmm is blended with my own, I can then feel what they feel. And this can be actually dead or alive because I can tune mm -hmm. into somebody who's alive very much so and, and pick up on their issues. And I think it's like, because it, scientifically, it's like the brain being the receiver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like being the computer, being the, the thing, but then it's like the consciousness and the things that we actually store or feel aren't, shit, I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, it's, it's really hard to describe intuitive experiences. It's, it's very difficult to tell you that when I sit across from somebody and they let me tune into them, that I can feel their anxiety. I can feel their nausea if they're pregnant and haven't told anybody yet. I can feel their head spinning around as if they're dealing with so much anxiety. I can feel 
mm-hmm. when they're truly sad. Like there's times where before I've done readings, like I like total overwhelm with grief and sadness. And it's like, oh, this isn't mine. This isn't mine at all. Mm-hmm. And then I learned, okay, all right, God, okay, spirit, if it's not mine, make it go away. Yes. And then when I talk to the person or get it out of my system or realize that mm-hmm. it's not mine, the minute I realize it's not mine, it's gone. It goes, yep. Yeah. Which is an excellent point that we will revisit when we talk about how to manage this because that, oh, that's okay. key. Yeah, that's key. So something else that happens for empaths is um, you can experience like out of nowhere, sudden overwhelming emotions, especially when you're in public. That's because you're yeah. in close proximity to other people having emotional experiences and you're going to feel that. This is, um, yeah. That's which why it's is so very funny con- that I'm into weddings. <laughs> I, I know, right? I, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it makes you more personable as your photographer too, because you're able to read that situation mm-hmm. very easily, which brings us to the next point. The vibe in the room matters to you mm-hmm. because you're able Ooh. to sense, yep, you're sensing and feeling the atmosphere of a room if it feels good, um, if it doesn't feel good to you, and it will depend on whether it's a calm, peaceful place or if there's just really heavy negative energy, like you can feel that. And as an empath, um, something that doesn't feel good to you will drain you so quickly. Yeah, It's a very sophisticated system of giving you information that we wouldn't normally perceive like with our other five senses. So I always see it as a gift, right? Being able to feel that stuff. Um, totally. So yeah, and this is totally appropriate. The next point is you typically are able to understand where people are coming from, uh-huh. intuitive, intuitively sensing like what they're trying to express, um, how they're feeling, and what like what they can't get out. Like you feel the feeling behind it, so you're able to help them put it to words. And it's about connecting with them on a yeah. level that is beyond words, and that's a really beautiful thing to be able to do. Yeah if you're able to do it without absorbing their emotions, right? So once you learn how to not absorb that as your own, you, um, you, you shouldn't have a problem with it. Like once you learn how to manage that energy and there are some empaths who just have no problem at all. Like they just rarely absorb it. They feel it, they let it go. And then that's it. I'm working on that. Yeah. It takes getting easier. It's getting Mm -hmm. easier, but Sometimes my own intuition will scream, like, you need to stay away from this. <laughs> yeah. Like, this well, is not your battle. This is not yours to deal with. But, like, you can, from far away, you can send your peace and your healing. But there's mm-hmm. some times where my intuition's like, mm-mm. Not yours. Yeah. Not yours. Yep. And that's important to, I mean, that's telling you how to move through your life, right? Or that moment. So it's, it's intuition. It's beautiful. Um. People tend to turn to you for advice. Um, You're frequently sought out for words of wisdom, support, or encouragement because we tend to be good listeners and we respond from the heart, right? So people understand that. And then we just instinctively know what needs to be said. And I can't tell you how many college students I had come into my office when I was a professor and I didn't have an assignment to uh, be an advisor, but people would come to me because they didn't feel like their advisors understood them. And so they'd sit in my office and I'd be like, so have you ever thought about doing X, Y, Z? And they'd be like, 
oh my God, I love that stuff. And I'm, and it's yeah. because I can see them and feel yeah. it in them. I can see them doing these things that they love. And I'm like, well, did you know you can like study for a career in that? And they're like, yeah. oh my God, no, I didn't know this. Right. So it worked to my advantage and their advantage to be able to tune into them and just be like human with them and feel their frustration or feel their confusion and then help walk them through it as somebody who's done this before. Right. Um, Again, violence and cruelty are very difficult on us. Um, it, but something else, the different side of this is like, we just cannot contain our love for babies and animals and, you know, companion animals like pets and feel good um, things. Yeah, the feel good things. And honestly, I'm so connected to my dog that I have now. I'm usually connected to my animals, um, but so connected through the heart space with my current mm. dog. Like, I feel her we have conversations, like we have understanding. And my husband is just like, she doesn't listen to me. And I'm like, well, you're all, cause you're not listening to her needs. <laughs> you're not talking to her the, the way that she understands. Right. So yeah. it's really funny that empathic connection you can have with babies, animals yep. of all kinds and pet, like companion animals. And babies will look at you with a sense of knowing and they will smile because uh -huh. they, they are connected that way first before they have words to speak. Yep. And that yeah. is so lovely. My early days as a family portrait photographer, I could walk into someone's home and they would be like, sorry, my son might take a real, a long while for him to warm up to you. And within five minutes, he's sitting in my lap. Like, like I got my this. best friend. I got yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. My best, the baby whisperer. That's amazing. Baby whisper. Um, so something else that's interesting is empaths can be very overwhelmed in intimate relationships. And that is because you're sensing everything. You sense shifts in mood. You sense irritation. You can sense lies. Yikes, right? Yeah. And also cohabitating means that you are always immersed in other people's energy without much refuge. So this is why yeah. I'm like, there, like if my husband's traveling for a week and he gets home, I'm like, I am going to go away for half a day and it's going to be like, that's just what's going to happen. And it's because I need to mm -hmm. remove myself to, to regroup. And because everywhere you are, you're with someone else's energy and it's very important mm -hmm. for us to have a space. Especially when you home. have the, and you're the, if you're the primary caregiver and you, the kids are just so needy of your mm -hmm your attention and by the end of that it's like okay, just I need to yep. catch for a second <laughs> yeah yeah it's so it is some people say it's a gift and a curse to be this sensitive but I you know you just once you learn how to manage it it's yeah I just see it as a gift an advantage but um we tend to be able to not be able to see somebody in pain without wanting to help them, right? Mm -hmm. So wanting to mm -hmm. alleviate someone's pain or suffering and then having this very calming effect on someone. And and not in like a codependent kind of way sometimes, mm -hmm. or it can be a codependent kind of way if it's unhealthy, but it's mm -hmm. almost like, I think that's part of like the healer, like mm -hmm. somehow some yep. people are healers and that's just our natural yeah. inclination to go and like be there for somebody, be there for a friend, even if it's emotional mm -hmm. support, um, yep. not just physically hurt. But Well, and empaths typically tend to be drawn to fields where they are a healer, acting as a healer, right? So teachers, doctors, nurses, energy workers, 
um, psychics, you know, people who are doing work with people on emotional healing or physical healing. So it's, um, it's because we can connect into that and we're so drawn to the, um, the need to want to alleviate somebody's suffering because we feel it with them. And then that opens mm -hmm. your heart up, like in compassion spills out. Right. So, um, it's, that's what we tend to be drawn to is wanting to help people. Unfortunately, we can exhaust ourselves in the process. And so yeah. now we're mo moving into ways to manage this. I tell people like who are having trouble giving so much of their energy away or who are highly sensitive and they're having trouble absorbing everything. I tell them the first thing is it is not your responsibility to take on somebody else's hurt. You can witness for them. You can have compassion and empathy for them and with them. Um, but it is not your job to solve it for them. Right. Um, or to take that on as your own. What you're doing is walking with them by feeling it with them, but then you mm -hmm. let it go through you and out. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, who are we to learn somebody's lessons for them is what I say a lot. Like, it is not your right to do that. It's your right to do that for yourself, but it is your right to witness for another and not to solve it for them. Yeah. And they all go through that, own soul journeys and soul lessons they need to learn. And yep. Yeah. And the more you can work on your self-esteem and confidence as an empath, the healthier you will be in managing other people's um, uh, effects on you, their energy effects on you. Because you're so sensitive, um, you're confused and overwhelmed a lot. And the more love and respect and trust that you have for yourself, the less that you will suffer from the bombardment of everyone else's energy. And, um, mm -hmm. so like, you're just in a better space. You won't feel like collapsing in on yourself and, Oh God, I'm not good enough. No one loves me. It's like, cause you're feeling all this stuff, right? Like the mm -hmm. more you're um, solid within yourself, the more you love yourself, the more you have confidence, the easier it is to manage all that energy that's pushing yeah, you. Yeah. Part of it's, that's when we go back to recognizing what's yours and what somebody else is too. Mm -hmm. It's yep. that, that confidence level of like, okay, I know myself so well that I can tell when there's an intruder. <laughs> an <laughs> <When> intruder <it's... laughs> or an entanglement, like quantumly entangling with another person's energy. Totally. Um, totally. And so just to reiterate the point that you had made prior is that once you realize you ask spirit to help you understand what's yours and what belongs to someone else. And once you realize, um, you know, that it's not yours, then you say, okay, I release anything that does not belong to me or is not of my own experience, like emotionally. Right. So you can intend that and you can ask spirit to help you. Like, I don't want to hang on to those things. Oh my gosh, my answering machine just went off. <laughs> that would be spirit talking to us. Yeah. So once you're able to identify what is not yours, you can like just intend that you let go whatever is not yours and it should dissipate. Those feelings should dissipate and that gets easier with practice, but you have to be vigilant about that kind of a practice. Like it has to be part of your daily routine mm -hmm. where you come home from your day and you just say to my, yourself, I let go of anything that does not belong to me, anything that's attached to me, all the emotions that are of someone else, I let that go, I let it go, I let it go. Um, and that should be part of your, your spiritual practice for yourself in order to help you feel more calm and sane. 
um, not insane and sane. And um, sane. <laughs> and sane. Um, something else people will say, like, if you're a highly sensitive person and or an empath, you really need to shield yourself from other people's energy. And while I would agree, like, that's what you might have to do when you first realize so that you can understand how you need to manage it. The idea of shielding yourself or protecting your energy from someone else's that like puts you in a victim mode, right? Of like, there's all this stuff coming at me and I'm just a victim to how sensitive I am. And so um, I would say like, whenever you're reading anything about that, like just like rewrite that story and say, okay, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I can open myself to this experience, but I don't have to let that energy stay with me. And there are situations that you want to put up a bubble of light, right? You don't want Mm -hmm. some of that stuff hitting you. And then, so you do that and the bubble of light is just like love and light surrounds you. It can be a certain color. And then all of that negative stuff bounces off that bubble of light and all the positive stuff comes in. But, um, so I would just caution like this idea of like shielding yourself. Yeah. It it can, it can close you down to a certain extent. And Um, yeah, I was talking to my friend and we were a couple different friends actually. And one is a firefighter and so he's legitimately out there fighting fires but also dealing with a male dominant industry mm-hmm. that's conditioned to not feel and to protect themselves and to protect others and you have to deal with so much that you see and mm-hmm. I'm talking to another friend who's also uh, on the law enforcement side. And it's like, you're, you have these people who are basically like trained to not feel, mm-hmm. to dehumanize them. And it's so, you know, desensitize and dehumanize desensitize, them in, in, yeah. in so many ways. And it's like, if you're an empath in a position like this, where every day it's crisis, every mm-hmm. day you're dealing and your coworkers are people who have PTSD. Mm-hmm you have PTSD, the people that you're saving are going to have PTSD if they're losing kids and car accidents and fires homes, and yeah. they're, they're at the, the most highly emotional intensified part of their life. Mm-hmm. And you're there on the front lines being a first responder to that. It's like, how do you protect yourself because you, you, this is the job you signed up for. This is mm-hmm. what you chose. And so, so for some people, it's like, well, it's too late. I'm already 10, 20 years deep. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I got to retire because it's yep. the plan. But it's like, what do they do? How do these people that are cops and firefighters and, and mm-hmm. EMTs and nurses in the ER that mm-hmm. deal with human and pain, people of pain and suffering, like mm-hmm. in crisis mode all the time, like, how do you protect yourself from that? I know. And I would say like, there's a level of having to like shore up your resources and without turning off your ability to feel, because that's, what's going to make you so good at your job is the ability to feel. But what you don't want to do is absorb all of that negativity that goes along with it, the fear, the anxiety, um, all of that stuff. So then really focusing on how to, to learn to let those emotions flow through you and out rather than like holding on to them. Yeah. And so, but like part of this would be incorporating a number of things that are cathartic, right? So into your daily life, 
so that that energy moves and doesn't stay. And that could be like journaling. It can be meditation. It can be like jogging or walking out in nature. Um, it can be singing and dancing. It's these things that help you move that energy. And, and like, right. Yeah. Move, move the energy through like, uh, as well as raising your vibration, yes. raising your mood and, yeah. uh, showering for me is <laughs> like, yes, that's like an instant win for, for me, even my kids, like, or even yeah. like Zania, when she's, I, when I can tell, like she's had an, I'm like, you need to go shower and you need to go mm-hmm. envision, envision everything from the day, washing down the drain. Yes. And yep. you're rinsing, you're rinsing your soul, your whatever, mm-hmm. your energetic feel, you're, you're yep. rinsing everything down the drain. And even just the visualization technique of that helps because it's like, okay, I'm letting it go. I'm, I'm, it's going down the drain. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Same with Epsom salt baths, which Epsom salts will neutralize, like neutralize the field, cleanse the field that way. And that's why so, I love floating uh, too. The float tank. Yes. Therapy. Oh my gosh. The salt. Yes, for sure. It's, it's super it's salt, healing. And then it's your, you're not fully immersed. You're it's like, well, it's like a, you're floating in like 11 inches of water, but mm-hmm. then it's, it's quiet. Or you can it's have dark, meditation right? music on. It's dark. It's not completely, but you could do like blue, red, whatever, mm-hmm. because the lights will also, but the, it puts you into that meditative and trance like state mm-hmm. where once you can calm your body down and, and mm-hmm. just think about it, go back to the brain, go back to the nervous system. Once you can mm-hmm. calm yourself down to be at that baseline level then you can start receiving and clearing out and you just let it go and physically your body's not going to hold on to all of the tension because like if you're stressed out not only like mentally and emotionally you're doing this but you're triggering all like your cortisol levels and like the the stress hormones and all that Mm -hmm. to go haywire yep so your body is physically mentally emotionally letting go um, so meditation is actually really good for this too. Any kind of movement yep. is good. I actually every day, especially, oh, so I would suggest for somebody who's highly sensitive and empathic um, to get regular energy work done, either Reiki mm-hmm. therapy or some other form of energy work that helps them to clear their body. Um, and I smudge myself every day pretty much. And with the, to, inten- yeah? Yeah, with the intention that anything that is not mine is cut away and released for the best and highest good of all involved. I say that every day and clear my energy field that way. Um, also like a slower, simpler life, right? Like it just comes down to going back to basics. What's going to help you feel less overwhelmed is slowing down more time to do tasks, more time to make decisions you know, slower paced socializing, not feeling time. rushed all the time. Yeah. Time for you, you know, having quiet space, definitely time, um, to wind down after a busy day. And so you can process what has happened or just like take that shower or take that bath or just you know, go meditate. Um, I actually find like going and having a really good cry helps a lot with letting go. I've had some really intense experiences. Yeah. I've had some clients go through intense experiences the past few months. And the only thing I could do to let go of that was to just sit and sob by myself, just to let it go, let it go, let it go. And, um, and sometimes that's what needs to happen. Yep. Leaving the body. Um, something else that helps 
empaths and highly sensitive people is to just have those relationships that are really close and meaningful with people that you can talk shop with, you know, diving deep, yeah, talking I about, I cannot do the shallow. I, I don't have time small talk. Nope. or energy for small talk or bullshit friendships. Nope. I do not have time to fake it with people. No, you're either my people or you're not. And yep. When, yep. when you're mine, you're mine. And we, we, you're my friend now. <laughs> yep. You're my friend. So you speak you're my, my language. Now. Oh my gosh. You speak yeah. my language. I'm so glad to meet you. Right. Yeah. So like having those kind of relationships where you can just be real and authentic and, and they understand you for you don't have who to hide you are. yourself. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to hide either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would say definitely anybody who's sensitive to, in this nature really, really needs to spend time outside. Um, either you're going around barefoot or you're walking through the forest and then being in situations where there's a lot of curved edges or round contours as opposed to sharp angles. Cause those are um, harsh, right? And where yeah. you can be very stimulated by visual things and the nature the aesthetic of things. Yeah. Um, and my Libra friend, Chanda, will probably just love this part of it because she's also like everything's about aesthetic and looking good and feeling like it's pretty. But when you, mm -hmm. for me, it's like I have to clear out the clutter. I didn't realize how much clutter like can accumulate when you have kids and stuff and even mm -hmm. just how much even in my early 20s like how much shit I accumulated and would just move with me from place to place to place and it's just like this is visually visual clutter as well as mental clutter yes. it's just it weighs you down and it's just like why am I storing it's, all of this extra stuff like what it's stressful like I cannot concentrate focus or feel completely relaxed if I'm around clutter. yeah isn't that that's so interesting. I'm the same way. It really bothers me. But I'm not me. as, I, but it's like, but if you come to my house, you can tell, oh, people live here. But it <laughs> definitely still drives me insane when I'm like, dude, put your shoes back, put this back, put the, just put it back where it belongs. Like, <laughs> put, it, put it back. <laughs> yeah. So that wraps up our list of characteristics of highly sensitive people and empaths. And hopefully it's given you some information or insight on how you are walking through your own journey. If you are sensitive like this, chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably are. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wanted to end on giving you a couple of resources to do your own research and understanding more about the empath's journey or highly sensitive people. Um, one book in particular that I haven't read it, but I know a lot of people who have, and they said it's really helpful the Empath's Survival Guide by Judith Orloff. Um, I hear it uh, mentioned in a lot of discussions about empaths. And also Dodging Energy Vampires by Christiane Northrup. And that is more about like understanding that you are a sensitive person and how to actually not um, become so how to actually how to protect yourself for people who will suck you dry in terms oh. of your energy yes yes so that one is very helpful in in showing the reader how to navigate different life situations what to look out for how to uh, create boundaries around your own energy and who you're helping and who you choose not to based on um how you'll your energy will be affected and then, of course, like you could just go to good old Google and type in highly sensitive YouTube. person. Yeah. 
or YouTube, type in what is an empath. And there are a ton of online, my dog just sneezed. There are a ton of online resources available. And, you know, just use your discernment about the websites that you go to, though. You'll know if the information feels accurate or feel not. It. If, if you're sensitive, you'll feel it. Um, that's how I scoped things out on YouTube and whatnot. Was like, I could feel if they seemed, like, if I resonated with them or if they feel, like, mm -hmm. schmoozy or, like, weird, weird energy. Or, or just not like it's just I don't know yeah or it's just not truth like you can feel when something is truth or when it resonates so just ask like before you do searching just ask for the information that will be most helpful to you that that's what you find so anything else no yeah. uh, I feel like we covered pretty much a lot of it and um, we'll kind of be going and navigating we have a list of, of things that we want to talk about for each episode, but what I feel like is happening is the more feedback we get from people, um, whether it's the DMs or the, the text messages or whatnot, it's, that's where I feel like spirit's kind of guiding us on what to talk about next. So we do have mm -hmm. um, just a whole bunch of interesting topics, and we also want to get some guests guests on um who are like us but then also get some guests on who will let us do some readings on them for fun and Ooh, yes. um yeah. just to show because it's it's one thing for us to sit here and talk about these things but I kind of want to show people um oh my god my, my headset's totally glitching out I can hear it in my ear um Ooh. it's one thing to talk about it but then it's another thing to showcase how it works for us like realistically so mm -hmm. yeah yep yeah, well, so you guys, so thanks so for excited. Yes, we're, we are. We're just ridiculously excited about <laughs> doing this. And we talk about it all the time to each other, like how excited we are. So thank you for joining us for another episode. All right. We'll <laughs> we catch you catch later. You and please, later. please, please, yeah, share this podcast or leave a written review on iTunes so other people can find it as well. So thank you. Thank you. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. For joining us for another episode of souls and stardust connect with us on instagram at gratitude maven and at your intuitive friend until next time stay, stay magical, magical. <laughs>